It's seven and a half minutes past ten. Time for the Sears Radio Theater. That's the theme from the Sears Radio Theater. Tonight, a program of love and hate with Cicely Tyson as your hostess. Here's a preview. A ring would look look wonderful on this finger. Clam, you shouldn't say that. Say what? You shouldn't say that about a ring. You shouldn't ever say things like that unless you mean it. I mean it. The Sears Radio Theater will begin after this message from your local station. This is Safety Vision, a quick and easy method for observing potential hazards in your home. Let's start by activating your safety scan. Carefully focus on your appliance cords and plugs. Check to see if they're damaged in any way, and if so, discontinue using the appliance. Next, you should focus on water. Check so that none of your plugged-in electrical appliances can be accidentally immersed in water or any other liquid. And avoid handling an electrical appliance with wet hands, or when you are standing on a wet or damp floor. And finally, your safety scan should include checking for the UL label on all electrical appliances. That label indicates that the product design has been evaluated by safety engineers and complies with a nationally recognized safety standard. A public service message on behalf of Underwriters Laboratories and this station. This is Cicely Tyson. We're all familiar with that romantic phenomenon called love at first sight. Some of us may have actually experienced it, either as the one who loves or the one who is the object of that love. Most of the rest of us have seen it or at least heard about it happening to other people. It's always better, of course, if the phenomenon is a mutual affair. If it is mutual, then it's a pleasure to be part of it or even to observe it. If it isn't mutual, then it's often a puzzle for all concerned. The story you're about to hear involves love at first sight and the separate ways in which three different people remember how it happened. One of them is an outsider. He reacted to her like a hit on the head the moment she stepped out of the shadows into the lamplight on the porch that night. I can't say it was love at first sight, but he always insisted it was. Then there's the young man himself. She was one of the most beautiful women I've ever known. She wasn't a woman, really, a girl. But I felt something big and important inside me, and I made a mistake about it. And, of course, the young lady in question. After a few days, he started to look at me more and more in that funny way he looked at me when we were first introduced. Other men have looked at me that way, and I've never liked it. But with him, it was different. And that's only the beginning of our story. Sears Radio Theater, a new adventure in radio listening. Five nights of exceptional entertainment every week, brought to you in Elliot Lewis' production of the Sears Radio Theater. Our story, Sometime Every Summertime, by Fletcher Markle. Our stars, Mary Jane Croft and Len Berman. The Sears Radio Theater is brought to you by Sears Roebuck and Company, where value is your byword. Sears, where America shops.
Nearly everyone at our party mentioned our new Sears Dream Supreme carpeting. Didn't anyone say anything about my rutabaga dip? Marvin said Dream Supreme looks so thick and luxurious. He loved its velvety soft plush pile. What about my rutabaga dip? Eloise adored the color. Of my rutabaga dip. I told her that avocado lime is just one of Dream Supreme's 20 lustrous colors, and when Doris heard that Dream Supreme is so reasonably priced and treated with Scotchgard brand fabric protector... Okay, what about my tuna fish upside down cake? Dream Supreme carpeting in most larger Sears retail stores. Now, just $49.99 at Sears. The Craftsman heavy-duty one-horsepower router with carrying case. Save $44 from regular separate prices for power tool and carrying case that adds great versatility to your workshop. With the right Craftsman accessories, you'll be able to carve intricate designs on signs, doors, make dovetail joints for drawers, cabinets, and much more. Craftsman router with case. Now only $49.99. Save $44. Sale ends March 24th. Available at most larger Sears retail stores. Prices and dates may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Here comes spring. I know. Isn't the weather lovely? I'm talking about your dress. It's as soft and breezy as spring. Soft dressing is what spring is all about. And her dress is from Sears' expressive collection of dresses and skirt sets. Fluid lines and feminine designs. Fine detailing to shape and define in fabrics that move with you. Polyester or polyester and silk in subtle spring shades for quiet excitement. This is the teeth and half sizes in the dress department at most larger Sears retail stores. As I mentioned earlier, you're now going to hear three different versions of the same love story. The first version, Act One of our play, is told from the point of view of an outsider. He is neither the one who loves, nor the one who is the object of that love. But he is a valuable witness to the occasion. It was one of those unimportant affairs that you associate with a certain time of your life, a certain season, and a certain place. Unimportant, but the kind of thing that sticks in your memory like a sprained ankle or a near miss on the freeway. And whenever something turns up to remind you of that time and that season and that place, you remember it very clearly. There were three of us that summer. Charlie Holmes, myself, and Clem Waldron. It was a warm and sticky August about six years ago, and all we wanted was two weeks of a good time. Going up to the island on the lake boat, standing at the rail, Charlie said, I plan to become a vegetable. I want to sit in the sun and sweat and vegetate. But two weeks, my friends, all I want to do is vegetate. That'll last about one day. Hey, look at that sloop. Trim. Very. Why don't we hurry up and get there? I hate boats. It won't be long now, Clem. That's the island over there, the other side of us, to port. Starboard. All right, all right. Well, in a minute, you'll pull that... She did. Let's collect our stuff. Your turn to carry the record player, Walter. If we're here, I'll carry anything. In half an hour, I'll be sitting in the sun on the porch of our little cottage, prepared to be a vegetable. It was that kind of summer, and we were feeling that kind of crazy. The island was one of those little islands about two hours run up the lake from the city, a resort, a vacation community, alive less than six months of the year. There were a lot of ordinary summer cottages sloping up from a pocket harbor at the southern end, a lot of ordinary summer noises and smells, and a lot of unbelievably wonderful summer girls wearing very little more than their suntans. The three of us worked in an advertising agency, a pretty soft routine, but empty and unsatisfactory enough to make it good to get away. We got three weeks of vacation every year, two in July or August, one at Christmas, 
And Charlie and I had always gone off someplace for those weeks and pretended we hated the advertising game and acted like the foolish bachelors we surely were. That summer was Waldron's first vacation since joining the agency, and we asked him to go along because we had lunched and partied together a few times, and he was a nice guy and didn't know many people in town. After we'd cleaned out the cottage and had some supper and looked the place over, the stores, wharf, boat houses, hotel, the open-air dance pavilion, picnic grounds, nothing changed, only grayer and older by one winter, we sat on the porch and smoked. It was about ten o'clock and fully dark, and Charlie said, I like the cottage we had last year better. Why? This place is all right. Last year's had screens on the screen door. Oh, we can fix that. One at the back's the only bad one. Where are we from the place you guys had last year? Uh, not far. Around the other side of the bluffs. Cottages here are all the same. Operated by the hotel. Rents the same. Dirt's the same. Aha! Female merriment. That sounds interesting. Next door, is it? No, the cottage ahead. To the left, on the edge of the bluffs. There's three of them. They're alone. How convenient. And uh, when did you get this encyclopedic information, Waldron? Before supper, when I went out for cigarettes. And you didn't think it worth mentioning? I forgot about it. Are they that bad? I've only seen one of them. She was hanging out some washing. We talked for a minute. Domestic tableau. What's she look like? How old was she? Twenty-three or four, I'd say. Uh, what'd you talk about? The island, the weather, vacations, uh, neighbors. That's more like it. Uh, how long have they been here? They came yesterday. Shall we take our chances, Charlie? We will. Uh, how's our uh, beer supply? Three six-packs with the groceries we lugged over this afternoon, right? We had a bottle of Chianti with the spaghetti tonight, leaving two unopened, right? Right. Where's the flashlight? Oh, on the table beside you. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. Well, what's the matter with you? Sitting there mumping on that pipe. I came up here to relax, Charlie, not to go on fox hunts. Oh, for Pete's sake, Walter. Go ahead. Don't let me stop you. You... You'll cooperate, though, won't you, Clint? Oh, sure, Mike. I'll talk to one of them. Then do your stuff, Charlie. But if they don't look, uh, intelligent, don't feel bad about coming back alone. You know me, Mac. I'm a trustworthy guy. And I can start being a vegetable tomorrow. Charlie disappeared into the darkness, and we watched his flashlight swing along the path to the cottage on the bluffs. We heard him knock on their door. The door opened with a splash of light. Charlie talked and laughed with them for a few minutes, and then we saw them all coming out the front door, and the door closed. It was dark again, and there was only Charlie's flashlight coming along the path, leading the way. Hey, let's have some light on the porch. Oh, better light the lamp, Mike. The lamp? Oh, uh, sure, you got a match? On the table there. Oh, okay, you got him. I hope Charlie didn't get us tied up to a pack of dogs. Three lonely men and three lonely women not knowing each other. That sort of thing can't be allowed. Ah, glow of welcome. Now, <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get all the names straight. Uh, Fran, uh, this is Clem Waldron and Mac McFedry. Uh, Hello. Hi. Hello. And uh, Helen, uh, what's your last name again? Rowley. Rowley, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Clem Waldron, Helen. Oh, hi. We met at supper time, didn't we? We did. That was a lot of laundry for a short clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Walter, let me get the formalities over with. Uh, and uh, Mac McFedries, Helen. Hi. That's a complicated name. Oh, call me Mac. And uh, 
Where's uh, uh <laughs> Mary, don't hide. Oh, come on, Mary. <laughs> there you are. Uh Mary Thomas. It is Thomas, isn't it? Uh, Mary's kind of shy. She likes to just nod her head. <laughs> Mary, uh, Mac McFedris. Hello, Mary. And Clem Walter. Hello, Mary. Uh, 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 yes, yes. Well, uh, let's all sit down, shall we? Uh, yes, Mac, would you give us fast about the jeans from Sears Men's Store that grow beautifully. It's a sure sign they're feeling fine and feeling good. For the denim that keeps going strong a long time. Get them trim cut, regular cut, even get them free wash. The jeans that grow beautifully. Now at most Sears retail stores. Understand you type fast. Yes. Accurate? Well... That's okay. You'll be typing on Sears' exclusive corrector electric typewriter with easy correction and more. It's Sears' best. Try typing Sears' corrector typewriter. Whoops. Now, first, Sears is S-E-A-R-S, not Z. So, backspace to the incorrect letter. Tap the correction key. Now the mistake is blocked out. Next, type the correct letter. Then proceed. Yes, Daddy. I sell draperies at Sears. Yesterday, a lady came in and said that she'd been in and out of about every store in town looking for draperies and at this point didn't know what she wanted anymore. I asked questions about her tastes and decor and then made suggestions. She was thrilled. She found what she wanted and learned a little, too. It made me feel good to know that I helped her out. Sears people are friendly people who help you find what you want. two generations removed from the old country, and the Thomas was for Tomasino, the grandfather's gesture to citizenship in his adopted home. She was slim and dark and quiet, very beautiful and very, well, female. Waldron reacted to her like a hit on the head the moment she stepped out of the shadows into the lamplight on the porch that night. I can't say it was love at first sight, but Waldron always insisted it was. I think it was just a sharp awareness of a bachelor's loneliness and the sudden shock of finding unexpected beauty as a neighbor in a summer place like the island. Not much more. At least it didn't seem so at first. Mary and Helen were elevator operators in a department store, and Fran, the third girl, was a waitress. Helen was only plain, according to Waldron, and we got along fine. Fran and Charlie hit it off, too, without having very much in common. Both Charlie and I lean pretty heavily on that easy intimacy that goes with romps on the beach, the shared preparation of meals, and warm summer nights with nothing on your mind but the weight of the stars. At first, it looked like a good holiday. Beginning the next morning, after a long night sitting out on the porch getting to know each other, we talked back and forth as if we were all living in the same cottage, ignoring the hundred yards that separated us. Charlie! You going down to the beach? It's Fran. Any time you say, friend. Now? About two minutes. Right. You going down there? Sure, Helen. You better get into your trunks. I'll just be a second. Where's Walter? What do you think? 
Clem took Mary to the beach an hour ago. I wondered where... My, it's going to be like that, huh? Looks like it. Will you uh, keep me company, Mac, old buddy? Me, you can count on. <laughs> Clem and Mary kept their own hours, had their own meals at the hotel, or a picnic lunch at the beach, or out in a rented boat. And the four of us were left to ourselves. We kidded Waldron about it whenever we saw him, and Waldron said, I'm in love. He said it often, but he said it as if he were trying to convince himself. I'm in love. I love that girl. It was embarrassing, even for Charlie and me, who knew him pretty well, or thought we did. But he was like some kind of zombie. Helen and Fran told us that Mary didn't say anything much about it at night when the girls went to bed. Just told them that Clamet said he was in love with her and gave them no indication of her own feelings. Whenever we saw Clam and Mary at the beach or in the open-air dance or sitting out on the bluffs at night, it was like seeing a couple of strangers. Charlie and I always thought of Waldron's painful words. I'm in love. I love that girl. It turned out to be a pretty disappointing holiday for Charlie and me. I don't know how it affected Helen and Fran. After they went back to town at the end of their two weeks, a day ahead of us, we never saw them again. Mary stayed over an extra day, and the four of us went back together. But Charlie and I might just as well have been on another boat for all that mattered. We never did find out what happened between them, because Waldron was transferred to an eastern office of the agency soon after we got back, and we weren't really close enough friends to correspond. The whole business was pretty trivial, I guess, but I remember it whenever I see a girl who looks like Mary. That olive skin, you know, that mysterious thing about really beautiful Latin women. Or when I go to a place like the island for a holiday, or just happen to think about people you meet in the summertime. It was one of those things. You remember how it started that first moment, but not much more. After that, it gets too complicated. Hello, Mary. Clem was tall. Clem was very tall and thin, and he looked at me in a funny way when we were first introduced. Hello, Mary, he said, only in a funny way, like he knew me before or was scared of me or something. It was at a summer camp I went to one year with Helen Rowley and Franny Howard. We took a cottage at the camp, the three of us, putting all our vacation money together to pay the rent and have enough for food for the two weeks and everything. It was a lovely cottage overlooking the lovely bay at the camp. And the three guys were in another cottage just back of us. Clem, I mean, and his friends. Clem talked to Helen one night while she was hanging washing. And then one of Clem's friends, I forget his name, dropped over later and talked to all of us and asked us to come and be sociable with our neighbors. And we all went. That was when I met Clem, when we all went over to their place and he spoke to me in that funny way. Hello, Mary. Sears Radio Theater will return after this message from your local station. Listen with your heart and you'll hear more than words. Grandma? Yes, sweetheart? Did my mother ever do anything bad? Well, what do you mean? Did she always clean up her room? Listen with your heart and you'll hear the love. Seems to 
had to remind her to clean up her room on occasion. Sometimes I forget too. Well, everyone forgets once in a while.
Dylan and Franny always worrying about me. Just like Mom at home. How many in your family? A lot. How many? Seven. That's a big family. I'll say. You should hear them. Brothers, sisters? Five brothers, one sister. So noisy. Your sister? All of them. Do they tease you much? George. George does. And Tina. Is your sister older or younger than you? Oh, younger. I'm the oldest of all of them. Are you? Hmm? I would have thought you were the youngest. Me? Are you kidding? I don't know why I would have thought that. Hmm. Oh, it's lovely out here. Oh, that moon. When I came out on the porch this morning real early, the moon was still out. Was it? What were you doing up at that hour after such a late night? Couldn't you sleep? Not really. Just still getting used to being in a strange place, I guess. And meeting you and your nice friends last night and everything. I was too excited to sleep. Were you? Mm-hmm. And suddenly there was the moon this morning. Same old moon. Oh, please, Clem. Please, don't... Mary. You shouldn't do that. Why not? I don't know you. I don't know you hardly at all. You shouldn't do that. Know me? I'm 25 years old, born in Winnetka, went to school in Winnetka in Chicago, and the University of... Oh, a brother and two sisters, working advertising, unmarried, unattached, unhappy, and I think you're... Kiss me again. Clem, no. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good when I hold you like this? Yes. You're bad. Clem wasn't really bad, but after a few days he started to look at me more and more in that funny way he looked at me when we were first introduced. I'd seen other men look at me that way, and I never liked it. But when Clem looked at me that way, it seemed all right because Clem was such a fine person. He took me everywhere on the island, and at the end of a week there wasn't any place left we didn't go. We just lay on the beach after that and went to the hotel for lunch and sat out on the bluffs at night after dancing. Clem told me he loved me one night and asked me if I loved him. And I couldn't tell him if I did or not because I didn't know. And when I told Helen and Franny that Clem said he loved me, they asked me how I felt, and I couldn't tell them either, one way or the other. I just didn't know. Summertime fools a girl about love sometimes. The second to last night at the camp, we went down to the wharf and sat at the end and dropped lighted matches in the water below us. That must be a radio on one of the boats out there. It's lovely. Why don't we dance? Dance? You mean here on the wharf? Why not? Come on. Up on our feet. Oh, Clem, the matches and your cigarette. Yeah, give me your hand. Oh, the whole package went in the water. Have you got any more? Doesn't matter. Just let me hold you. There. No crowding on this dance floor. Oh, it's, uh, it's rough on these planks. Pick up your feet. Oh, Clem, I can't. Of course you can. Oh! Oh, I'm sorry, darling. Don't you know that step? No. No, I... Look, look down. Watch my feet. Well, I don't know that one. It's the one I taught you last night. But I can't... It's hard to hear the music now, isn't it? Please, Clem, let's stop. Let's just sit. All right. Give me your hand while I get down. Watch yourself. Hang on. Oh. Ah, 
There. What are you doing? Your wonderful hair. It feels like, like, so soft. Oh, you. It's just no hair. No. No, it isn't. Careful. I'm all right. You'll fall if you... I'll hang on to you. Oh, that's worse. Oh, Clem. Clem. you want, Clem. I want you. Yes. That's not the same. Mary. No, Clem. All right. Wish I had a cigarette. I stayed over at the camp an extra day. I had an extra day owing from the day I worked last Christmas and went back to the city with Clem and his friends. It was a lovely trip on the boat, and Clem made me promise to let him take me out the next night. He had a car, but it was being fixed while he was on his holiday. He wanted to take me home in a taxi from the boat, but I didn't want him to. I didn't want him to come out before I could tell about him to Mama and Papa. When I told him, Mama was happy, but Papa was angry because he said he always had to look at somebody before I went out with him, and I was glad I didn't say too much like that Clem said he loved me or that he wanted to marry me. The next night, Clem came around for me about eight, had on my favorite pantsuit, just cleaned, and we went dancing. But Clem said it was too crowded and he was tired, so we went to a drive-in for some coffee. When he took me home, he said something about calling me and we'd go dancing someplace where it wasn't so crowded. But I didn't hear from him again, ever. Maybe it would have been different if I'd said yes to him, either when we were up at the island or when he asked me to go to his apartment back here in town. But he knew I couldn't say yes to him. He knew that very well. So, must have been something else. That was five or six years ago. But every summer since then, when I've gone to a camp and met other nice people, I think of Clem. Even last year after I was married, when Rico and me had the very same cottage as Helen, Franny, and me had that summer I met Clem, I thought of him. 
I really think of him quite a lot. That funny way he looked at me when we were first introduced. Rico never looks at me that way. Yeah, but she is. 
that's for sure. She wears that little cross on her neck chain with great pride, always touching it. I don't know. What is it they say about summer romances? Couldn't tell you. Well, you could make it up, I guess, for all that matters. Pretty obvious example with Waldron, if you ask me. I was too annoyed to walk in on the conversation, and I suppose I didn't particularly want them to know I'd been listening. Nobody likes that kind of thing. That was the night I asked her to marry me. She refused, of course, and was very embarrassed with my asking. I must have sounded pretty hollow now that I think back on it. I felt something big and important inside me, and I made a mistake about it. It was simply a case of not being aware of that nice difference between love and desire. But she knew. She knew all along. She was a thrilling kind of a girl to be with. When she wasn't in her bathing suit, she wore bright blouses and slacks. A lot of women must have hated her for her loveliness. I think I hated her a little myself. She wasn't mine. When we went back to the city, we took the late evening boat. And watching the moonlight on the lake from the observation deck helped us stretch out the last few hours of the holiday. Are you making a wish on it, Clem? On what? On our lovely moon, of course. You've been so quiet looking up at it out there, I thought maybe you was making a wish. No, I was looking at the stars. Wishing on one of them? No, thinking about you and me in the last two weeks. That's nice. It's so nice to stand here like this with your arm around me. And if you're not going to wish on the moon, then I will. What did you wish for? Oh, you, you can't ever tell anybody what you wish for. If you tell about it, it's liable not to come true. Oh. It just has to be a secret between me and and the moon. But you can tell me what it was you was thinking about the last two weeks, because thoughts aren't the same as wishes. Mine are. It was a lovely holiday, wasn't it? It was more than that, for me, anyway. It was another world. Is that what you was thinking about just now? Partly. But I don't think I should tell you about the rest of it. Why not? It might spoil your wish. You better not do that. When we got back to the city, she wanted to go home alone, refusing to let me take her in a taxi, so I got her address and made a date to call for her the following night. It was an address in the far east side of town, and when I drove out in my car the next night, I had trouble finding it. It was a narrow two-story house between a bakery and a metal workshop. It was still daylight, no lights on, and you wouldn't have thought anybody lived there. I went loudly up the steps of the low porch to the door, trying to trample down with my feet the thoughts that were running through my head. How are you? Good evening. I, uh, is, uh... You Mr. Walter? Yes, is, uh... I'm George. Oh. We saw your car pull up. My sister just yelled down that she'd only be a minute. Come on in. Uh, thank you. Uh, good evening. Uh, George, turn that off. Uh, are you, uh, are you Mr... Uh, sit down, Mr. Walter. Excuse us, the supper dishes. <laughs> and Mama took the children to the early movie show. i seen the picture. It's loud. Shut Nice to see you, Mr. Waldron. I don't think she'll be so long. Of course, it's perfectly all right. Lots of time. What business are you in, Mr. Waldron? Business? Oh, I, uh, I'm with an advertising agency here. Ah, I'm in a grocery business myself. Oh. You happen to notice my store in the next block? Uh, next door? 
No, no, that's Ovechinsky. I'm down the next block. No, I didn't notice it. Uh, no. What do you do in the advertising business, Mr. Waldron? Billboards and all like that? Uh, yes, yes, all like that. Uh-huh. Business good? Oh, yes, pretty good. Well, you're doing good, too. Oh, yes. Oh, here she is. All got up to go places. Gee, don't she smell good? This time she was wearing a shiny knit pantsuit that had been worn too often and was too small for her. She had her long hair pulled up into a sort of tight braid wound around her head, and somehow she didn't seem to be the same girl I'd fallen in love with two weeks earlier. She was still beautiful, very much so, but she looked a little tacky, and there was a feeling of uneasiness about her. We went dancing, and it wasn't any good. It wasn't the same as it had been at the open air for the day on the island. You remember last night, Clem, when I wished on the moon? Of course I remember. Well, guess what? Now I can tell you what I wished. But didn't you say a wish might not come true if you told somebody about it? Well, it's all right now, because it did come true. It did? Oh, yes. You see, last night on the boat, I didn't think I was ever going to see you again. And that's what I wished for, that I would see you. And here you are. Oh. Yes, here I am, stepping all over you. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, don't be, please. It was me as much as you. <laughs> We're both pretty tired, I guess. First day back at our jobs. Hard to get used to the same old routine again. How'd it go with you, Clem? Didn't it all feel like an awful letdown? Oh, it certainly did. All that work piled up on my desk. But at least I could sit down to it. You, you've been on your feet all day. I'll say. They're having some kind of end-of-summer sale at the store, and I got stuck with an elevator that had a busted seat. You know, those little seats that fold out for the operator to perch on? You miss not having it, believe me, when you're real busy on a sale day. Of course you do. If I'd known about that, I never would have suggested we go dancing. Why not? Well, after you've been on your feet all day running an elevator with no place to sit. Driving an elevator, Papa calls it. But I don't mind it, usually. You get to see all different kinds of people. You wonder where they come from, what they're going to buy, how they can afford it. It's, uh, it's awfully crowded, isn't it? I'll say. It's as bad as a full elevator. Yeah. Would you like to go? Why don't we? Why don't we drive over to my apartment and sit out on the balcony? I've got a marvelous view of the No, Clem. Yeah. You know I can't do that. Not... Not yet. Uh, then why don't we go someplace quiet and uh, have a coffee? All right. I realized I had become so used to being alone with her during those two weeks on the island that now I couldn't stand sharing her with other people. We ended up sitting in my car in a drive-in halfway back to her house. But even there, we weren't able to be by ourselves. The car hop who served us turned out to be a friend of hers. So, when did you get home then? Just last night. Today was my first day back at work. So how was the island this year? Did you have a good time? I'll say. We had a lovely time. Is that where you met this one? Oh, it was, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is Clem Waldron, Peg. Uh, Clem, Peggy O'Neill. Hello, Peggy. Hi, Clem. About time we got introduced, with us two talking across you like this all the time. <sighs> well, I'd better hustle some more trays. I see some lights on. 
Can I hot up your coffee for you? No more for me, thanks, Peg. Clem. Just a check, please. You want the bad news? You got the bad news. And that's for you. Please keep the change. Well, thanks a lot. That's the best keepers I've had all night. <laughs> Be right there! All finished? Shall I take the tray? Yes, all finished. Thanks. My pleasure. And thank you. Good night, Peg. And good night, hon. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. See you at Mass on Sunday. I'm sorry, Clem. She means well. Of course she does. I really am sorry, though. None of it was the same. None of it was any good. I took her home and told her I'd call her and drove back to my apartment the long way. I got word that I was to be transferred east a couple of days later and I didn't call her. I couldn't. It's very difficult for a man to get over realizing that he's a snob. Funny, she was so important to me for those two wonderful weeks. And now I can't even remember her name. From Sears, fashion that fends off the storm, salutes the sunshine. Step out, military flair. These double-breasted trench coats get down to details. Choose olive green or khaki tan decron polyester and cotton, sizes 8 to 18. Another fashion winner, the new quilt trim sheared shoulder coat with self-belt. In chino beige polyester and cotton, sizes 6 to 16. Both coats come with a nylon lining. Fashion that stands off the storm, salutes the sunshine. In the coat department at most larger Sears retail stores. The word's out and spreading fast about the jeans from Sears Men's Store that grow old beautifully. It's a sure sign they're feeling fine and feeling good. For the denim that keeps going strong a long time. Get them trim cut, regular cut, even get them pre-washed. The jeans that grow old beautifully. Now at most Sears retail stores. Join millions of Americans and shop the easy way with a Sears credit card. All you do to apply is call toll-free 800-526-0444. It's your entry to shopping convenience and quality merchandise. Your card will be accepted at over 3,600 Sears stores across the nation. And you can choose from over 100,000 Sears products and services. Even use it for your catalog orders. In the store or over the phone, just say charge it. Call 800-526-0444. New Jersey residents call 800-652-2777 for your Sears credit card. The Sears Radio Theater has been brought to you by Sears Roebuck and Company, where our policy is satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Sears, where America shops. Sometime Every Summertime was written, produced, and directed by Fletcher Marco. Your hostess was Cicely Tyson. Our stars were Mary Jane Croft and Len Berman. Also heard were Vic Perrin, Luke Krugman, Peggy Weber, Janet Waldo, and Ronald Staley. The music for Sears Radio Theater was composed and conducted by Nelson Riddle. Art Gilmore speaking. The Elliot Lewis production of Sears Radio Theater is a presentation of CBI. Join hands with people everywhere. Each of us can do our share in care for pay for children.
This year, people of all nations are joining hands to improve the lives of the world's needy children. Through care, you can provide the families of these children with the means to grow their own food, to build medical facilities, safer water systems, and schools. Tomorrow's world is in our hands. Help make it a better place for all the children. Tune in tomorrow to the Sears Radio Theater.